Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. BBPAI Radio, linking business education and technology. The BBPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BBPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. BETF Executive Director is Wayne Hicks. Produced by Michelle F. Ortman. Online chat coordinated by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BBPA Education and Technology Foundation. BBPA iRadio, linking business education and technology. Join us on www.blogtalkradio.com slash BBPA. Well, good good evening, everyone. I was so excited, I just sort of... Uh, got tripped up on my words. Tonight is Tuesday, April the 23rd, 2013, and welcome to the BDPA iRadio Show. Tonight we have, as usual, some really super guests, and I am going to introduce both of them right now. Our first guest tonight is Mr. Linwood Bailey. And he is going to be sharing with us some of his experiences as founder and owner of a company called Fields of Success. And we will learn more about him, his business, and his very unique connection to BDPA Chicago. Our second guest tonight is Tim Butts, and he is principal and owner of TEB1 and Associates, and Tim is in the New Jersey area, and he will be sharing with us some of his experiences. He is also going to be one of the BDPA National Conference Technology Presenters, so he'll give us a little preview on his presentation. So welcome, get comfortable, and we're going to go ahead and start our show. Now, Linwood, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? I'm fine, Fran, and thank you very much for extending this invitation to me. And I look forward to having a great uh, discussion tonight. Well, terrific. And just to begin the conversation, I'd like to share a little bit of your background with our listening audience because they may not know that you have over 34 years of experience as a manager of people and finance in uh, information technology, business planning functions, and that you have first-hand knowledges of the challenge of that business professionals are encountering today. You've been a decision maker, impacting individuals, as well as being impacted by decisions made by your employers. And what you've done is sort of taken your real-world experience navigating through career challenges that are impacting today's professionals, and you started your own business, 
And and you've also written a book, The Business of Me, Your Job, Your Career, Your Value, as a career management guidebook. And it is really our pleasure that you're going to share a little bit of your background uh, with us tonight. So thank you again and, and welcome to the show. And thank you once again. Well, let's let's get started. I, I mentioned in the intro that you are affiliated with um, BDPA Chicago, and I always am intrigued to find out sort of how people got connected with BDPA, and I'm hoping that you'll share with us your BDPA connection story. Yes, I was connected to BDPA uh, by uh, Milton Haynes. Um one of uh, Milton's um, colleagues at uh, Abbott when he was there uh, used to work with me uh, when I was at Whirlpool. And so when I started this business, um, this individual actually said, I got a guy that I think you ought to know by the name of Milton Haynes. So I went over and I actually met Milton, and he introduced me to uh, BDPA. And it's been through Milton that I was connected to members of the Chicago chapter. And my involvement in BDPA uh, has really been sustained through the relationship I have established with the members in Chicago and my relationship with uh, Milton and also pleasure that I get out of uh, sharing my knowledge and experience with the members of the Chicago chapter. Well, you know, that's, that's very intriguing because BDPA is a membership organization, it's a professional development organization, and it's a volunteer organization. So I love that you connect, you know, sort of the word pleasure with all of those opportunities and responsibilities. Um, How exactly have you been involved in BDPA Chicago, and how, you know, how do you transform your personal talents and interests into where BDPA is going? Okay. I am a a career coach, and I help professionals find a job, get promoted, and keep their jobs. And I have advised uh, BDPA members. I've made presentations, but I've also had um, discussions with BDPA uh, members at meetings, and they've actually called me. And we've talked. And um, when they've had some career challenges, they've and they've shared their challenges with me, and I've advised them. Uh, I just had a great experience here this week, uh, within the last three weeks. Um, I was working with, um, I made a presentation to a group of uh, individuals on a job search work team that Milton Haynes had formed. And I covered some things, some important things around job searching. And one of the, uh, in fact, uh, two of the people on that call actually uh, actually sent notes back to me asking questions, and I responded. And then another person actually called me uh, to say that, he said, look, I have read your book, and I've been using all these things, and I'm really progressing in my interviewing. Uh, interviews, and she said, "I have an interview, uh, an interview, a second level of interviews uh, next uh, week. Uh, it was Monday, 
And she said, one of the things I've had difficulty with, with is getting past the initial interview. I get the screening interview, and then I don't go any further, or I go further, and I don't go any, it doesn't get any better. So she sought my advice. We walked through the interview. I mapped, uh, we mapped out an interview strategy, how she would, um, what, uh, what she would do. I advised her on uh, looking out for interviews uh, to determining how the interview would go. And one of the key things I always tell people that there are really two types of interviews, a what interview and a how interview. How interviews are really focused on your skills, your hard skills, and what interviews on on what um, can you work with the organization. And I gave her some cues about what to expect and how to discern whether it was going to be a what interview or how interview, and also some questions. I what we 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 thought about was that you're going into this big decision support application. And I said we're going to build a database of uh, answers that really play to your uh, strengths, and we're going to ask some questions, which are the queries that's going to trigger that person to ask the questions that lead to your uh, to lead your strengths. And in the interview, she actually asked some questions, and each one of those questions were like they were setups where she answered, yes, I've had that experience, and this is how I did it when I worked at XYZ Company or when I was in this situation. When she left the interview, she told me that the um, interviewer, who was a director, was so elated that she said to her, I want to hire you. <laughs> you know, I want you to join us. Wow. And um, one of the things that she was concerned about, the uh, person that I uh, advised, was about the salary. She said, I don't know if the salary, if they can meet my salary requirements. And when we talked, I said, you sell her, you impress her, and she's not going to be concerned about the salary. And at the end of the interview, the uh, interviewer or the director asked her what her salary requirements were, and she told her. And she said, that's not an issue. Even though the job was posted <laughs> and not being that high, she said, that's not an issue. We can take care of that. So, wow. Uh, so she was very, very happy. She called me. She was excited, and it really reminds me of why I do what I do. My clients or the people I advise, when they're happy, it makes me happy. So um, I love what I do, and um, it's really a part of my DNA because I am a firm believer in the words of uh, the, the baseball great Jackie Robinson. Uh, Jackie said that our lives will be remembered by the impact it has on others. And every time somebody accomplishes something, they can come back to me and say, Linwood, I did this because of you. That's another mark in my book of saying I'm having a positive impact on somebody else. Mm, wow. Very, very powerful um, and very exciting. I mean, I you, you've made some interesting connections. I mean, Milt Haynes is, you know, Mr. BDPA, and <laughs> it's really exciting to see how someone who has served the organization in many roles um, is reaching back, and then in reaching back, you know, he is impacting you and you are impacting others, and um, it's just a, a wonderful, 
positive spiral. So that, that's a great story to share, Linwood. And it really um, emphasizes, I think it reflects back on, quite frankly, the title of your, your book, um, The Business of Me, Your Job, Your Career, Your Value, the fact that when people have an opportunity to work with a professional and or take the time um, and in our case, BDPA is a professional organization, gives us these opportunities to think about those connections between what your value is, um, what your career is, and how you can manage that process from the evaluation to the interview uh, to performance management. That really is an opportunity for you to get to know yourself and also to share and connect with others. So it, it's um, really quite powerful. Thank you. Now, you know, in the process of, you know, working with others and making an impact as you shared, what are some key lessons that you've learned that may or may not be related to career management um, and, and you know, may just be related to living life in general. What are some key lessons that you've learned that, that you think are um, important to share? Okay, first of all, um, and I go back to career plans, but the first thing is that everyone should have a career plan because if you don't have a career plan, First of all, everybody's going to live according to a plan. We all live according to a plan. It's our choice whether we live according to our plan or we live according to the plans of others. If we don't know where we're going, we're going to be driven by events and circumstances and the needs of others, but we will never, ever get to where we want to go, or we may get to somewhere and we may find that we don't like where we are. So I encourage everyone to have a career plan. The other thing is always know your personal product. One of the big challenges that I find or one of the stumbling questions that really bring people to a halt is when they talk to me and they've lost their jobs or they're um, doing a job search. And many people, and black friend and, and company, most of the people I talk to, the overwhelming majority of people I talk to, when I ask them the question, why would anybody want to hire you? There's a long silence. I mean, I'm talking about people who've developed resumes, they've established resumes, they've gone through interviewing classes and everything else, and they can't answer that simple question. It's it's a simple question that nobody really gets. It gets really gets to the basics. And you really have to know what your personal product is. What is it that you do? And what what do you what problems do you solve, and what circumstances or needs do you satisfy? We always have to know that because that's the reason why we get hired, and that's the reason why we get promoted because we offer something. And we you have to know what that is to be able to make it through uh, through your career. And then it keeps you aware of where you need to go in your career, where the opportunities are. So it's very important that you do that. And the other thing that I, the last thing that I want to share tonight is that everybody on this line tonight, I, I encourage you 
to form your own personal board of directors. Get people who have been through what you have been through, what you're going through now, to advise you. It's no sense that you're going out and recreating a wheel or going out and experiencing things and not being able to leverage the experience of others. So get your own board of directors, people that you can depend on. I'm on the board of, of several people, personal, and they will call me because sometimes they don't know if they're going to make a mistake or they have a situation. It's their way of stepping back and saying, I'm going to call my board in and ask them what they think about this. So get yourself a personal board of directors, establish one. So I'm going to go back a little bit. I've been making notes. The first thing I heard you say is that whole concept of having a plan. Mm-hmm. And essentially, without a plan, you're mm-hmm. not going to end up where you want to go. And that with a plan, it provides guidance. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I heard you say is this whole concept of a board of advisors. And yes. that um, people can actually, you don't have to be a company. You can say, I need help, and I right. want to get help from people who are doing what I'd like to do or who have done, who have already been there and done that. And is it as simple as just asking? Just simply asking, and it's, it's asking and also, first form relationships with people, just don't go out the clear blue sky and say, I want you to be on my board. Establish the relationship with the person first so that they can be comfortable with you. And what you're doing when you create this board is always be thank people for being on your board, be respectful of their time, and also when you're working with your board, don't go to them when you when you have a crisis. Always go to them at the times when you really, uh, when there is a crisis situation. There may be crisis situations, but you don't want your first interaction with a board member to be the fact that you're about to get fired, <laughs> you know, or you just lost a job. Well, now, now I want to go back, and I, I need to be respectful of time, and I certainly uh, would love to have you on at another time. Um I I heard you say that there can be people who have a lot of experience, and when you ask them essentially what value do you bring, Mm -hmm. that they're silent. So what if someone can write a great resume and feels they deserve a raise and feels that they have value but has trouble articulating it Mm -hmm. and then when things aren't going right, needs help. But then you're saying don't come to, don't ask the board to be there when you're at a point of crisis. So how do people sort of detangle all of this? Well, first of all, I ask people, uh, I, I advise people to form your board when things are settled in your life or you, you it's all part of your career plan and career management, uh, as opposed to what I call crisis management, where you're reaching out to people because you have a crisis. And I, I advise people to, to form a board as, as a part of their, career, uh, um, of their career plan. 
And then yeah. as time goes on, there may be times when you will reach a crisis. But your board member, board members are very comfortable with you because they have seen you in situations where you're not under stress. And people also don't like to feel like they're being used. And if the only time you connect with people is when you are in a crisis situation, people tend to feel that, you know, this person is using me and and I will not hear from them after this is over. They only call me when they have a crisis. So it's a part of relationship management that you have with people. And um, that's why I always recommend that people have a board. But also recommend, I, I think everybody here has a resume. But what I ask you to do is instead of having a, a resume that just talks about what you have done, I ask people to write what I call a pro forma resume. In other words, write the resume that you want to have in three years or five years and then develop yourself to that resume. Wow, that is powerful. Now when we start putting these pieces together, have a career plan, understand your value, assemble a board of advisors when you are sort of in your zone, and develop those relationships, and then begin to think about where you're going to be in the future. The Performa resume. Wow, that is really powerful, Linwood. Right, and your board can help you do that because they've traveled the road you're traveling. So they will advise Mm -hmm. you on this this is the way you plot yourself to your destination. They will help you form that Performa resume and they'll also advise you on the things that you need to do to make that resume a reality. Wow. I can see why. <laughs> With a few phone calls and some support, that that individual in Chicago got some wonderful coaching. Um so this is this is great. Well, you know, um, are you working exclusively with the Chicago chapter in terms of the teleconference and MILT project, or um, can people reach out to you regardless of the BDPA, BDPA oh, chapter sure. that they're in? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, if you, uh, all you have to do is to go out to my website, which is easy to remember, I hope. It's uh, www.fieldsofsuccess.com. Coaching.com. Okay, and it's uh, dangerously similar to the name of your business, Field of Yes, success. It, it's, what, a, <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> I guess that's branding in the works. Well, Linwood, that, you know, it, it has really been a pleasure to um, interview you. You've shared some wonderful lessons. Um, You've really connected uh, some ideas. You've shared a success story. You've put a plug in for um, Milt's Black uh, Gone Geek and the whole idea of career coaching within um, BDPA for members. And I'm just wondering if you'll share with us just kind of a final thought um, as we wrap up your interview. What would you like to leave our audience with? I would like to leave them with this thought. Your career 
is your most important economic asset. Manage it to get what you want out of life. Wow. Wow. I am I am going to is your book available on Amazon? Uh yes, and it's also available at my book website. Just go to um www.businessofmebook.com and you can go to my website or you can go to Amazon's website or you can go to uh, Barnes & Noble. Wow. Well, you know, I am going to give a final plug to your book, The Business of Me, Your Job, dot, 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 Your Career, (laughs) dot, 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 Your Value, a career management guidebook designed for today's business professional. And, you know, Linwood, it really was a pleasure having you on the show. Um, Thank you so much for giving us some tips to think about managing our career, planning for our career, the pro forma resume, three years in the future. Where would you like to be? Writing that down, starting to visualize that, starting to act on that, creating the board of advisors that are going to help you move in that direction and uh, help you really be clear on your value. Wonderful and powerful knowledge. Thank you so much for being on the show this evening. And thank you, Fran, for inviting me, and thank you very much for this opportunity. You're welcome. Well, enjoy. Uh, Have a great week, and look forward to having you on another show where you can share with us some additional successes. So thank you again. Thank you. Well, folks, you know, BDPAI Radio is just really a wonderful opportunity for you, the listener, to connect BDPA, whether it's um, BDPA leaders, BDPA members, BDPA sponsors. Um, Once we have the national conference, we always have an opportunity to hear from the high school computer competition winners. So if you are out there and you have success stories that you'd like to share based on your BDPA experience, we'd love to have you on the show. All you need to do is email us at iradio at B-E-T-F dot org. So B-E-T-F dot org, iradio at B-E-T-F dot org. And um, we will be able to review your information, and we'd love to have you as a guest on our show. So tonight's show continues. We have two guests. Our first guest was Linwood Bailey, founder and owner of Fields of Success. Our second guest, who is on the line, ready to join us, is Tim Butts. And Tim is the principal and owner of TEB1 and Associates. And before I officially welcome Tim, I'd like to read a little bit of his bio so you have a sense of who he is. Now, I actually happen to know Tim I met him many years ago in Pittsburgh, and uh, it's been really interesting to see his journey throughout technology and as he and his family have traveled uh, across the United States. Tim Butts owns a consultancy that specializes in business intelligence 
and IT systems. He's been working with healthcare organizations for over 20 years. He is actually going to be one of the presenters at the 2013 BBPA National Technology Conference, which I will plug later. So if you have not registered yet, you definitely need to register at www.bdpa.org because one of the perks of attending the conference is that you will get to hear Tim's presentation entitled Lessons Learned. Implementing EHR. Now, you may or may not be aware, but healthcare IT is a very hot area for employment in the IT industry. And so, one of the things that Tim is going to do is share some of the lessons that he's learned over the years of implementing electronic health records. And that's what the EHR stands for. And the whole process of converting health records from paper to digital is full of a lot of landmines. And so he's got a case study approach in his workshop, which will be an exclusive workshop at the national conference so that attendees can avoid those dangers. So Tim, welcome to the BDPAI radio show. How are you this evening? I'm doing great, Fran. How are you? Oh, just fine. Just fine. So good to hear your voice. Likewise. Oh, well, Tim, um, you know, just I know you. Uh, however, the BBPAI radio listening audience may not know you. So bring us up to speed. How did you first get involved with BDPA? I first got involved with BDPA while working for the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, back in the uh, mid to late 90s. Uh, Betty Hutchins, a very active member of BDPA, uh, we co-founded with a few others the Southern Minnesota chapter of BDPA, and we also set up a game plan to coordinate and involve the youth of the community and since that time, the youth have been an award-winning group in working in the competitions. So it's been a wondrous journey for that chapter, and certainly it's made me feel right at home having been involved in other organizations over the years and uh, being able to be in the Rochester community and to actually feel like I was really part of the community and to watch an idea like BDPA come in, flourish, and just continue to be vibrant in that community has been a wonderful thing. It it is, and it's you know BDPA really gives individuals the opportunity to step up to leadership. You can have an idea, you can find like-minded people, and you can make it happen. And then that legacy remains and grows and evolves. Um, so from southern Minnesota, where did you go next? Because uh, the Mayo Clinic, I mean, pinnacle of healthcare. where did you go next? Well, leaving the Mayo Clinic, I uh, came to the Philadelphia area in southern, uh, southern New Jersey, having left southern Minnesota, coming back across the United States, closer to home roots, and uh, came on board with Smith-Klein-Beacham, and a role of a senior project manager and helped to coordinate the IT assets as we went through a merger with Black Cell Welcome. 
And that was uh, from, I guess, about 2000 to about 2003. So I was in deep with pharma and other aspects of healthcare. And uh, since that time, in leaving JFK, GlaxoSmithKline, in 2003, I've been doing consulting. Now, how has that been? I mean, you're, you know, the Mayo Clinic and GlaxoSmithKline. I mean, you are talking about giants in their respective industries. Um, how how was that transition into your own consultancy? It's been a tremendous, tremendous transition in a positive way. Uh, preceding Mayo Clinic, I worked for Eli Lilly and Company right out of grad school in the uh, mid-90s, early 90s. And that led to uh, the Mayo Clinic experience. Uh, the the really grassroots work that I was doing gave me evidence and confidence that I could step out on my own because, frankly, it was something I wanted to do for years. Uh, my interest in IT, my interest in health care, both of my parents worked for the VA hospital system, so I've loved health care for years, all my life, frankly. So it all really uh, came together, and it's been wonderful being able to work with physicians, work with the the patient audience, um, and at Mayo Clinic, I was even the uh, vice chair of physician education. So it's been a really ingrained opportunity to gain confidence, but also share expertise with the public and with the uh, clientele. Mm. So let's let's build on that whole concept of evidence and confidence um, and clientele. I mean, those are key elements in being a consultant in an area like healthcare. Um, how have you carved out your unique position or to sort of build on what Linda Linwood was sharing, your value proposition uh, within your consultancy? What's your specialty and, and why are you specializing in that area? My specialty, and when I walk in the door to an organization, I focus on two things. One, transition from current state to future state, whether it's moving from paper to digital or whether it's being able to quickly learn a new concept or a new tool, software, hardware, etc. I feel very capable and confident of doing that type of skill set and delivering it myself as well as building up my associates to also be able to do that type of uh, methodology to be successful and be successful as a team with you. So to answer your question, it's really been one of reassurance, being able to dive in deep to what's needed, and have the discipline to see it through and make sure that your customer is able to articulate what they've learned well enough that they're not just talking jargon, but they're saying it in their own words. That tends to be one of my measuring sticks to keep myself assured that I'm still doing that type of uh, skill set, I make sure that I balance both educating others. So I do adjunct work for Temple University, but I also do consultant work. That way I'm doing things in the trenches, but I'm also teaching it. And that way I'm always aware of how I'm articulating it, and the students tend to be a great sound barrier and feedback piece for me to know what I'm saying is reasonable, it's doable, and if I go in front of a client, I know that I have strong confidence that I can help them with whatever their challenges are. Wow, that is really exciting. And and as you're saying that, 
Um, and it could be my years of participating in BDPAI radio. I'm, I'm seeing some parallels between that process that you just described and what BDPA leaders do within their chapters with their members, what leaders do in their chapters with their sponsors, what the high school computer competition coordinators do with their students. And I'm wondering if you can speak to sort of the skills that you've identified and and how they play out or have played out in your experience um, with BDPA. Yes, great question, Fran. Um, The key piece for me is being able to remain modest, be able to state an idea, and be willing to listen to what the audience is saying back. Do they get it? Do they get the concept or the scenario that I'm presenting? And then I'm willing to listen, and then we listen to each other. So I've been blessed in that working with organizations like En-ROADS and National Black MBA, etc., I've been mentored by others. But likewise, I definitely believe in mentoring others. And as you do that and you sharpen your saw, you get better at that. So that gives you the confidence to be able to say, here's an idea. I can help you learn it, learn the elements of it, how to do it, and then as the environment around you changes, still stay true to what that key idea or that key methodology is, and that way you can remain nimble, and that way you can continue to deliver even if the environment around you starts to change. So that's something I've learned over the years. Um. I'm going to have you sort of go back and first sort of answer this question as it relates to BDPA and then maybe answer it as it relates to your consultancy. What are two lessons learned that are significant to you from your BDPA leadership experience, whether it was in southern Minnesota or with the Philadelphia, New Jersey chapters? Two key lessons for me. Number one, service to and with others is vital to knowing that you are and have a solid place in our society, that you're really making a difference. Being able to serve others and know that When I walk in the door, I identify, and they should identify with me in a particular way, and being consistent to that. So those are that's one lesson. Second lesson, always try to build and educate and inspire others. Because if you step out on a positive vein and try to be a good example, sometimes without even realizing it, you're really affecting and inspiring other people. And that's happened so many times where I'm just trying to be part of the crowd. But little things that you do in a positive way can make the huge difference in people's lives. I like something that Linwood said earlier in terms of mentoring others or building um, the support system around yourself. You're affecting other people as you build and educate, even if you're trying to build and educate yourself, as you relate to that issue or that challenge or even that success. You are, in fact, inspiring others and affecting their daily walk. So both by being a support, but also by trying to be a teacher and a provider to clients, uh, it continues to be a a concentric circle, and it can really be a win-win-win 
that just continues to build and be a more positive experience. So those are my lessons learned. Wow, wow. Uh, again, very, very powerful. And the lessons learned concept fits very nicely into your conference topic for uh, this year's national conference. Now, I don't want you to give away all your secrets. However, just, just, just to sort of tantalize folks and in case they haven't already registered at BDPA, www.bdpa.org, I just wanted you to position your conference topic, which is Lessons Learned Implementing EHR, sort of share with folks why that was one of the topics picked for the conference, why it's a hot topic, and why even if someone's not into healthcare IT, they might they might want to pay attention to um, what you're sharing. Well, thank you. Definitely, I believe in the idea and the ideology of software development lifecycle, project management, the whole lifecycle there. But the implementation of a new idea and a concept in something as broad as rapid change is a very difficult thing, but it's very doable. I feel very strongly on that, first of all, because I was working at Mayo Clinic with, the, with what I feel were the best and brightest physicians and the educated minds in the medical community. But because I had a steadfast belief in a person can still learn new things at any age, to apply them and go through the process of change, which typically is painful, but be able to come on the other side with success for all of us. We can all cross the finish line together. So here we're looking at a community of physicians at Mayo that were in a paper-based environment, and a chairperson of the community at Mayo happened to be on the board of directors at Eli Lilly. So while I'm working at Eli Lilly, I was called upon to be project manager, and I did a rapid change management for them. It was successful. Everyone was having thumbs up. So he acknowledged that, saw that, kind of pulled me aside and said, well, you know, you did a great job there. I've asked your managers if we can snatch you away and bring you to Mayo Clinic because we have something called electronic health records we're trying to develop, and we really want to be forward, uh, forward thinking. We want to be uh, proactive. We want to make sure it's a success with a positive win-win attitude. So he saw through the roots of where I was trying to work from, the core elements of what um, was really being delivered there, which was all of us can get through this together. We can all win, win, win. So I was blessed in that being invited and then moved to Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, I was placed in the position of facilitator of IT. And, uh, and in that role, I was also the uh, vice chair for physician education. So already I was in that role where I was both doing work and also educating. And being able to do that duality was a wonderful experience because I'm able to talk with the physicians and talking with them, make sure they are on board with ideas. Then when you go to the meeting, you already know you have an audience that's in agreement. Then you present the ideas, they all get the vision together, and we all can point a direction and say, let's all move forward that direction. It's a wonderful change management piece to be able to move forward together and not have arguments, et cetera. Um, so that's a real lesson learned. And in terms of what we're going to be talking about at the conference, it will be the idea of EHR and how do you change from something as drastic as paper to electronic in a seamless fashion, overcoming things like uh, people tapping into computer systems or security issues and all that. 
the, the relevancy of having redundant systems and all. Uh, so many of us are in different little niches within technology, but because of the rapid change that's been called upon by our federal government to expose everyone to electronic health records and the other rapid changes in healthcare IT, it's, it's, it's so important that everyone understands those concepts, buys in, and then moves forward together. And it really is a rapidly changing thing. I like to say to my students, we're going through a five-year change in what typically is a generational change, almost as broad as when our country moved from agricultural environment to a technology or an industrial environment. And uh, we're doing it in a five-year span. So it's very rapid change. You have to bite on and really say, I'm here for the long haul and continue to help drive that change. And uh, that's what I'm going to talk about in the workshop. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, here we have career planning and resume and rapid change and technology. Um, there's a lot going on that people really need to stay on top of. Um, what what resources do you think are helpful uh, from the technology environment to kind of for I don't know to to help people. Um, manage that rapid change, whether it's on a personal basis or a professional basis. Are there certain technologies or resources that you would recommend? Absolutely. So the idea of rapid change, first of all, I try to utilize both waterfall and agile project management depending upon the, the situation. But being able to articulate the differences to the audience, to the team, it's important that they understand those concepts that sometimes you need to focus in on a particular task and everything else is going to hinge on that task being successful or not. So it's all about communication. Also, the importance of knowing where the landscape is or where it's going. I like the idea of that pro forma resume, but also you have to do pro formas with business. Try to be in touch and in tune with the people that are making decisions. Frankly, try to be one of those that are helping to make decisions for the vision of where an industry is going. I've joined uh, organizations where I'm on those work groups that are actually helping to write the meaningful use guidelines that the U.S. government then has to look at and say, oh, yeah, this is where healthcare should go. Uh, and trying to uh, work through that and having the confidence to do that type of work and planning has been tricky. But once you get the niche of where things are going and you're able to communicate it, really map it out and show people your strategies, then they can buy in and then they start to respect you as one of those thought leaders. So I've been blessed and fortunate that that's occurred with me. Um, in the New Jersey segment, for example, uh, the governor selected myself and a few others to actually lay out the landscape for where healthcare IT was going to go back in, uh, I think it was like 2009, 2010, and working with uh, another consulting organization, we actually pulled together the various vendors that were experts and actually laid out a game plan, and that in turn led to that whole push for additional people getting educated in healthcare, which led to more people coming to get educated, physicians needing to learn about technology, et cetera, and then that rapid change really kicked in. And it hasn't just been Obamacare. It's been before Obama. It's Clinton. It's been Bush. And it's been Obama who really have been uh, having a finger on the pulse of where healthcare and healthcare IT could go. They've reshaped the Health and Human Services Department. They've reshaped how healthcare in this country is driven. 
and we're just in the midst of another rapid change for um, health care reform. This isn't the first time we've had health care reform. I mean, we didn't have Medicare or Medicaid forever. That, that, that was health care reform back then. So we're just in another segment of that. So that's part of the education I like to share with customers and with students. Wow. Well, you know, in terms of sharing, one of the, I guess, typical opportunities that happens every year for BDPA membership is the national conference itself, which this year is um, coming up in August. Now, you're going to be a presenter. Um, what would, and, and you're in the position of being a professor, of being a consultant, um, of being a dad, of being a member of the community, what would be some key reasons that you would share with um, an individual on why they might want to attend the national conference, BDPA conference, coming up in August? There should be a line out the door. Everyone in America should want to go to the BDPA national conference. Why? Because you have experts. You have people in the STEM, S-T-E-M. You have a great coming together and networking with people that have like interests, and we have great minds being creative and visionary people coming together and are educating each other and are inspiring each other. There frankly should be a line out the door. Uh, as far as healthcare IT, I hope to shed additional light on that particular piece of the industry. But all the other segments of the industry are all going to be there. You're going to have experts. You're going to have visionaries. You're going to have uh, publishers. You're going to have individuals that just have that passion. So why not come and get your fire lit? I mean, that's why we go out and we want to get inspired by others. What better place to go than people like ourselves to share ideas, to network, and to continue to map out our future paths, our careers, by networking and growing and hearing new ideas. So I would say there should be a line out the door. And if you haven't already registered, get on the phone, get on the computer. Register. It should be out there. I love it, Tim. I love it, Tim. And our next guest is going to be Wayne Hicks, who will talk a little bit more about the conference and the uh, BETF. Um, and I just want to follow up, Tim, on your comments with the fact that this year is the 35th annual National BEPA Technology Conference. And this year is Diverse Opportunities in the Age of Convergence. And so it will be held in Washington, D.C., August 13th through the 17th. And as several folks have shared, the conference actually starts on Tuesday night with an opportunity to hear from the HBCUs and then uh, just activity after activity, uh, different presentations, um, and opportunities for people to connect throughout the rest of the week. So I agree with you. If you have not registered, head out to www.bdpa.org because the conference is quickly approaching. So, Tim, thank you so much for really sharing um, your expertise. And I did want to give your website out to folks in case they wanted to get a little bit more information on your background. Um, it is www.ted1 
and associates.com. And before the show, I had asked you, now T-E-B, I can get, those are your initials, but I had asked you about the one, and I was hoping that you would share with our audience just real briefly um, how you developed or why you developed the name of your organization. Sure. Uh, my name, T-E-B, Tim Earl Butts, the one stands for one like mind, standardizing it. In IT, you know that that's so important, standardization. So that's what one mind is. And then associates. I'm all about collaboration. So just as strong as our organization is, we always want to build new collaborative opportunities. And that's how we work. We're a collaborative organization. So that's where the name of the organization came from. And um, we just stand behind it. Please visit our website. Leave your comments out there. And uh, please let us know what you think. Oh, terrific. Thanks, Tim, so much for being a guest tonight. Best wishes for continued success. Um, thanks for really leading the charge and uh, helping others, whether it's young people at Temple or helping your clients um, understand how to really integrate that business intelligence and IT systems within the healthcare organization so that implementing EHR um, is a successful process, and that whole concept of taking, moving from paper to digital um, and helping people avoid the landmines, I am glad that you are on the side of making things right. So thanks again for your time and your talent, and I know you're a former inroader, uh, your treasures. Thank you for sharing all <laughs> your things tonight. I do, Thank you. I do. Absolutely. Thank okay, you so much, Fran, and thank you, PDPA, for the opportunity. Oh, you are very, very welcome, and we are very honored that you were with us tonight. Well, folks, we have had two absolutely dynamic guests this evening, Linwood Bailey, founder and owner of Field of Success, and our most recent guest was Tim Butts, principal owner of TEB1 and Associates. And coming up next, is our very own Wayne Hicks, Executive Director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. So I am just going to take a moment and open up the microphone and welcome to you, Wayne. How are you this evening? I am outstanding, friend. How are you today? Just fine, thanks. So exciting to have you on the line. Um, were you able to hear a little bit of the show earlier? I know you have a full schedule. Oh, I've heard, I, know, I, I, listened, I listened to both Linwood and to Tim, and I enjoyed what they what they both said. Very inspiring, very informative, and it's, a, it's the kind of show that, that has it has me, and I hope other listeners taking notes so that you can go back and, and look, use, use those notes. Yeah, yeah, just lots of lots of wisdom and wisdom that can be applied immediately. So um, bring us up to speed. What is going on with the BDPA Education Technology Foundation? Often you have reports of chapters that are pursuing grants and grants that have been obtained. So I'm just going to be quiet and, and let you do your thing because I'd, I'd love to know on how we can support the foundation. Well, we we are we are still doing what we do. We try to raise money specifically to to, to um, fund the 
programs, the scholarships, the services of BDPA chapters around the nation, as well as the national organization and the upcoming annual conference. Uh, one of the things that we're really focused on is fully funding the Dr. Jesse Bentley Scholarship Fund. And that, of course, is the, the, the scholarships that we give out to up to 25 high-performing high school students at each annual conference. Um, it's the students that participate in the national high school computer competition. Uh, those who do well um, have the opportunity to earn the Bemley Scholarship. And so we were very pleased to learn earlier this month that creating IT Futures Foundation, um, which is a foundation operated by CompTIA, uh, that they were that they have uh, generously agreed to provide ten thousand dollars towards that scholarship fund. Um, we're also very happy to announce, and it's on the website betf.org. You can learn more about the sixth annual. Eli Lilly Scholarship for BDPA students, and this is a scholarship. They give out two of them. One of them is nationwide. It's available, $2,500 scholarship, available to any high school senior or current college student that's in the STEM curriculum and that uh, you know basically applies for it and gets selected. The, the criteria for that is on our website. The other, the second Eli Lilly scholarship is given out to a, to a student in the Indianapolis area, which is where Eli Lilly has their world headquarters. And then I uh, learned earlier today, actually this very afternoon, that um, Monsanto, which is an a, um, international conglomerate of agricultural companies, if you will, that's headquartered in St. Louis, that they are planning to give up two scholarships to uh, BDPA students that apply. We're going to work out the details this week, and we'll be announcing that um, next week. Um, so we're very, you know, it's really moving well in terms of the college scholarship thing, and and people can help us because you know our fundraising. Yes, we do a lot of grants. Yes, we do a lot of corporate. Uh, we get a lot of corporate funding, like we talked about earlier. But at the end of the day, we really are are counting on individuals, um, on people that are listening, on you, on myself, on others to make an individual contribution to this organization, you know, that we've known and loved for almost 40 years. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what's going on in the world of, of the BDPA Foundation. Well, Wayne, I, uh, again, I want to um, thank our sponsors, our corporate sponsors for the scholarships. I, I know that it's always exciting every year to see the students receive the scholarships. And it's really powerful also to have the sponsors in the room, not only um, in the networking room, in the reception room, in the career fair, and then again uh, awarding those scholarships to the students. And I, I want to also uh, respond to the fact that the foundation depends on individuals like yourself and myself. And I know that over the last few months, there have been a number of entrepreneurs who have actually stepped up and made individual contributions um, as small businesses to support high school students and college students being able to get BDPA memberships. Can you talk a little bit about that 
um, trend that's emerging? It's not so much of mentioning names, but just what do you see um, in terms of that trend? Um, I'll say two things. One is, um, Fran, you and your, you said not to mention names, but I, I have to mention um, your name because it was you and your business uh, that started the idea in, in in the head of myself and others on the foundation board to really reach out to entrepreneurs. I mean, you actually on a show a few months back made the commitment to, to fund 10 college student memberships, and we found those college students um, in the Philadelphia area. We're very, very grateful for that. And based on that, we then went out and started talking to, to other entrepreneurs, and, and, and we're talking about small business owners that have less than – Less than 10 employees in most cases have less than $500,000 in terms of their gross sales. And we said, you know what, not everybody is going to be uh, a sponsor at the platinum level doing the things that Johnson & Johnson is doing or that WellPoint is doing or State Farm Insurance, et cetera. But you know what, everybody can make a difference. And BDPA we, and the BDPA Foundation, we need to give our entrepreneurs the opportunity to make a difference and the opportunity to be recognized. And so we're very, very happy. We've had entrepreneurs in the Chicago area, in Columbus, Ohio, in Portland, Oregon. You know, they're, they're coming from all over the country. And we're not asking them to give, you know, five-figure donations. We're saying, can you give $100? Can you give $250? Can you give, you know, $500 to support your own membership? That would be the $100 level. To support some college student memberships to underwrite college students getting engaged with BDPA in much the way that we've heard the, the last two speakers talk about, and can you support the Bentley Scholarship Fund and providing scholarship money to, to, for students? And so that, you know, it began with you, and, and we're starting to see that trend continue. We've made a big effort for the month of April to reach out to our entrepreneurs and small business owners, and so we'll see where it, where it takes us, but it's going to be a, it's going to be something that we continue to to reach out for and to strive for. I once had an entrepreneur, a guy. This guy was a small business owner. His business actually um, uh, grew to the point that it was thirty-five million dollars. He was on the thirty-five million dollars in terms of gross revenue, and he was on the uh, uh, Black Enterprise Top One Hundred. He was a keynote speaker uh, many years ago, and I was the national president. And he said to me, "You know, Wayne," and he's out of Chicago. He said, "You know, Wayne, my small business generates." more employment for black IT professionals in Chicago than your largest corporate sponsor in Chicago. That time was Allstate and Allstate Insurance. I hire more black IT professionals than, than but but you give us no love. He's talking about BDK. You give us no love as an entrepreneur to small business owner. And so that's kinda stuck with me and you know, examples like you doing what you do, you know, Timothy and Linwood both having their own businesses. We really are seeking to, to honor and to highlight entrepreneurs whenever possible. Well, it's it's very exciting, and I I would like to sort of and issue another challenge that by the national conference, the first night of the national conference, that the entrepreneurial effort generates at least three thousand dollars. I really think I've, I've talked with a number of entrepreneurs who have said, at minimum, they can certainly underwrite their own membership, um, but having the opportunity to underwrite the membership of four other students. So essentially to contribute $200 to BDPA 
Um, I'm confident that 10 to 20 entrepreneurs can do that and we can hit the $3,000 or $4,000 mark by the beginning of the national conference because there are so many students who really get very excited about having the opportunity to participate in the um, Saturday programs, to go to the national conference. It's always very exciting to interview the students who have won the competition, uh, to talk with them and their uh, volunteer chaperones. So we really do have um, a responsibility as entrepreneurs, the ones that can kind of think outside the box, that know the importance of independence, that know the importance of, as uh, Tim said, you know, the one plus associates. We know how one plus one plus one can really make a difference. So um, I'm, I'm very encouraged and, you know, really support the work that you're doing, Wayne, and, and do want to mobilize entrepreneurs to think about how they can take their energy, their time, their talent, and um, a few of their dollars and put them towards the organization in a way that allows other individuals um, to develop their skills. And so here's what we'll do, Fran, is um, I heard you say by the time of the conference, which of course is that uh, first weekend in August, um, our, our last show before then is on Thursday, July the 23rd. And so I will work towards the goal of, of, of working with entrepreneurs that hear this show and that hear, get, our, get us on our various social media platforms to identify and to meet that challenge of $3,000 raised through entrepreneurial efforts um, and through entrepreneurs and small business owners uh, by the July 23rd show so that we can actually announce who those folks were that helped us reach that goal. How about that? I think that would be great. It, it would be great to have entrepreneurs on the stage really sharing, and, and I'm pretty sure I know that individual that you were speaking of in Chicago. I, I do think that we have an opportunity. Yeah, his name is mm -hmm. Bob Blackwell. Blackwell is now right, right. Blackwell Global. Um, yeah, he's an outstanding individual and a tremendous role model. Right. We we have an opportunity to make a difference. And, um, you know, there's so much energy generated during the conference that uh, it, would, it would be great for us to, to provide support in that way. So, Wayne, what is, what is next? What are the, uh, what are you working on over the next, uh, two or three weeks that the membership needs to know about and perhaps can support you? I think, well, the one main thing we mentioned earlier was that Monsanto has agreed to do that, a, a name sponsorship. We're going to continue to do our fundraising for the um, uh, online fundraising in a variety of ways to support local chapters. And I think the main thing that we're going to be doing over, over the summer is just really trying to prepare for the annual meeting of our board at the conference in, in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, it's, it's, it's and it's getting close to the time when people have to make their United Way pledges and their payroll pledges, and so we're going to you know, be asking and hoping that a lot of uh, BDPA members and supporters will think of the, our, our BDPA Education and Technology Foundation 
when they are when they are doing their their payroll pledges and their other giving campaigns, employee giving campaigns. So it'll be a lot of what we always do. We're, it's just rise and grind um, each and every day for your foundation. Mm-hmm. Well, Wayne, your efforts are appreciated, and I know that um, when I go out on the various social media, you keep track of the stories, you share the stories, you get folks to share their own stories. So BBPA is a very inspiring place. And, um, you know, thank you again for your leadership. Thank you. And thank you for everything that you're doing for this show um, as, a, as a volunteer, as a leader, as a, you know, person demonstrating by example how to make a difference with their skills and their talents. Well, it's my pleasure, and uh, of course, BDPAI Radio happens because there is a team behind the scenes, Michelle Ortman, Everaldo Gallimore, um, and others are just working to kind of help make it happen. So I am looking forward to being back. Um, the iRadio show airs the second and the fourth Tuesday of every month from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m., I'd like to thank you, Wayne, for being a special guest tonight. I'd like to thank Linwood Bailey and Tim Butts for being guests. And coming up, uh, let's see, on May the 14th, we will have three guests, Khalil Boswell, Derek Brown, and our very own panel assistant, Mac, uh, help promote the national conference. So I think we're we're at a wrap for this evening, and thank you again, Wayne, for uh, bringing us up to speed on what's happening with PETS. BBPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology, showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BBPAI Radio Show is a regular exchange for BBPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community, BBPAI Radio guests link the diverse worlds of business, education, and technology. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.